When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rules podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined today by Matt Lansley to discuss a 1-0 victory for Reading against Derby County in midweek. Matt, last night, three points for the Royals on the field. Three suspended points deducted against Reading for the pitch invasion against Port Vale. But we'll, I'm sure Paul will touch on that later in the week with uh, with James. But overall, pretty positive night, really, for Reading last night, I think. It was fun. It was fun, wasn't it? You know, it, 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 I came away from the ground yesterday with just a real feel-good feeling. Um, and last night, I guess, you know, just really showed why we need this club to kind of, you know, continue from a Reading standpoint, because, yeah, I, I, I was on such a high last night. I'm not, I'm not even going to try and lie about it. I mean, people might say it's just one win, but last night, that was brilliant. I couldn't I couldn't sleep till like 1 2 o'clock in the morning as well. I had like insomnia from it. I was like just buzzing. It was a good win, wasn't it? And it, it was one of those wins where it felt very deserved, really. Um really, really felt like we played very well throughout the game and didn't I don't really think Derby really troubled us at all, which was great. Uh, and despite Exeter winning last night away at Bristol Rovers, it felt like overall, league table wise, it was actually quite positive because after that win, we'd now sit four points below four other, five other teams and only six points below two more teams. So there's only six points between us in 21st and Cambridge in 14th now. There's lots of games in hand, like which kind of muddle the table a bit. But it feels like we're closing those teams in slowly but surely. It's really closing up, isn't it? I think that that's the that's the real almost carrot in front of this team now you know you're not just chasing down you know Exeter or you know what was before Carlisle who are now under us you know you've got a real cluster of teams now and I mean you know there's there's some real catchable teams I think in that when you look at form you look at kind of how Reading are performing really since November and kind of I know we're all kind of talking about you know that Shrewsbury game that we threw away at the end since then Reading have actually been very, very good. Even the loss at the weekend, you know, against Wigan, I'd almost say, you know, we're unlucky to to lose that game. I don't think we should have been on the losing end of it. There's 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 been few games where I can actually say that we've actually been properly outplayed, which is really especially, nice. Especially, especially in these last couple of months. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it's two two losses now since early November in the league. And I think we're uh, pretty much on player form. It's since nineteen 19 points in 11 games since that Shrewsbury game. So, you know, it's if you keep that kind of form up, it's difficult to really see relegation being a threat at the end of the season, certainly. So, um, we'll move on to last night's game. And the team, Matt, from, from yesterday was the same as Saturday, except for one change with Charlie Savage starting in central midfield for Michael Craig, which I think was maybe a little bit surprising, given the rumours around his kind of 
wage increase if he started 15 games. Um, difficult to tell whether that's now true, whether it's just uh, something which is being pushed by certain people. Um, but I think Michael Craig maybe had a little bit of a weaker game on Saturday. It maybe made sense to, you know, just arrest him, especially given the fact that we're playing Saturday, Tuesday after, after this weekend coming for pretty much a month. Yeah, I, I know Savage splits opinion um, within the fan base. I know we kind of um, sometimes disagree um, on him as well. I don't think he's, you know, the best player in um, in the world. But I was, I think Craig definitely needed a period out of the team because um, he was very good for a period. You know, um, certainly once we switched to 4-1, uh, 4-1-4-1, um, he was good for a period probably until mid-end of December, I'd say. But I'd certainly say the last few games, he's kind of gone off the boil a bit he's become a bit elusive um, and a bit erratic for me um I was kind of glad that you know whatever whatever was going on there with Savage has kind of you know been been settled um you know I kind of get the feeling it might have been pushed by you know certain individuals higher up in the club that I'm sure we're all fully aware of um but but I was glad to kind of see Craig get a rest because at the end of the day he's still what 20 21 years old he's still a very young player so savage but you know i think i think it wouldn't have done him too much harm to have to have taken taken some time out of the game um for for yesterday and i thought i thought savage did 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 fine yesterday as well so it was a good kind of return i think to to the starting lineup for him the first half matt i think we were reasonably good in the first half we didn't look like we were um under any pressure particularly i think it felt like reading were creating without necessarily creating a huge amount of chances in the first 30 minutes. I think the first first one I can really kind of uh, recall the first proper chance for Reading was Aziz on the right-hand side kind of played it into uh, to Yeardom, who, who played in a very attacking role last night, I thought, Yeardom. Um, played it into Yeardom. Often who does, doesn't he? Often does, yeah. But mm-hmm. last night it, it really kind of looked very obvious that he was kind of pushing forwards and he he picked up the ball on the right hand side of the area about 13 or 14 yards out and on the turn hit it across goal and bounced off the post and unfortunately no Reading player was kind of alive enough to to hit the rebound um I can't remember when Yedon last scored for Reading I feel like it's probably been a while but that was unfortunate and it felt like that first half an hour that Reading were you know, pressing, pressing very high, um, closing Derby down and and forcing Derby into mistakes, especially in their final third. Yeah, and we've seen this a lot with 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 Reading when they press well in this division. The quality isn't really there actually to to really play around it. A lot of teams actually want to try to. You know, we've seen that multiple times. Um, I remember at the very start of the season, Peterborough were, were were trying to play around it, and so many times they just end up passing out of play. It was similar last night with Derby. You know, there were quite a few instances where they just passed it straight out. Um, Derby fans will probably say that you know that you know they were massively off off the boil. You know, yesterday they they it was probably one of their worst away performances of the year um, of the season. But the pressing was really good. You know, it was really good, um, and it forced. Derby into lots of lots of errors and like you say I think even though we didn't create masses it was very much like the Wigan game where we you you just felt in control 
It didn't feel like Derby were going to have a moment. The only moments I'd maybe think where I thought Derby would get something was from set pieces because they were getting a lot of set pieces. And, you know, Derby and Paul Warren, you know, they're going to be very organised on that side of things. It's kind of, you know, what what they do. Um, you know, they're very defensively solid and very good at set pieces. That's why they are where they are in the division. But even the set pieces, you know, we defended really well, which again was nice to see because, again, set pieces has been a bit of a bit of a problem for us this season, seemingly defending them. Um, but everything structurally, organisation-wise, in that first half was really good. Shaped defensively, in play as well. It was very just very complete, really. That 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 first first thirty minutes, it was just missing that goal. And I mean that that Yeardham chance, I was kind of right in line with it, and kind of immediately once he struck it, I was like, oh, it's going to hit the post, and it and it did. And it was just unfortunate. All the Reading fan, uh, all the Reading players were just taking a step back at that point, um, as Derby were kind of pushing out a little bit to kind of um, uh, get get a bit of a higher defensive line in their box. But but yeah. It was very end to end as well. I thought it was yeah. uh, the, the the midfields were basically both teams' midfields were really kind of like just non-existent almost. It, it felt like the they were just being passed passed round essentially. Um, it just resulted in the game being quite like high paced and, and very fast tempo, which I think probably suited Reading in reality um, because I think if the, if the game last night was a slow pace, Derby just you know keep the ball, don't really let us have much of it, and. Uh, and end up just forcing Reading to, to chase them a bit like the game against Oxford we had in, in December. And, and actually, well, I think it's where, you know, it's where Reading really excel, isn't it? Kind of fast paced, yeah, counter attacking, is where we look best. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you saw it, you saw it yesterday. I mean, some, some, of, some of the counter attacks we had down the left, um, especially in the first half, you know, with um, uh, it was Makaru on, on the left yesterday, was, was really good. Um, I know he scored in the half uh, in 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 the second half, but he had a bit of an up and down kind of first half. I feel, you know, there were some really good bits and some bits where you're just looking and you're just thinking, just do something there, pass it, shoot. Um, but but yeah, that that left hand side I thought was really really good on the counter anyway, and it it, it caused Derby problems. Yeah, I mean the the kind of best chance. I don't know if it's not, it wasn't even necessarily a chance, but the best moment I think of the first, first half that we had was the, um, was the run on the left-hand side from, from Makaru. And he basically just swung it right across the, right across the face of goal, having beaten their right back. But unfortunately just nobody, nobody would manage to get on the end of it. Um, yeah. I mean, the ball kind of like came back across, but it didn't really come to anything. I think we ended up winning a corner perhaps, but it, the, he he was a massive threat all game. It, it looked like he wanted to beat his man a lot. In the second half, he did as well and actually go past him, um, which was, you know, I feel like it's it's something that perhaps we've lacked earlier in the season is the willingness to try and beat a wing back. Um, yeah. And quite often, you know, quite often we've tried to put crosses into the box when actually, you know, these the players that we've got out wide, Aziz and Makaru in particular, they they're good enough to stand a player up and try and you know knock the ball past them and, and you know run run around them. Um, so it's you know that that moment was good to see that we it felt like Makaru you know had the beating of their right back a lot last night and as you say the left hand side for the counter was was really strong a lot of the game. So yeah, yeah we didn't create a massive amount in the first half I don't think, but um, 
yeah, certainly we limited Derby really well and kind of went in at half time and felt like it wasn't it, it wasn't a game where we were just gonna you know collapse. Um I know I know you text me at half time saying, Well, I'm ready for an inevitable one nil defeat. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to get the impression maybe that Reading aren't just gonna collapse every game at the minute. Um I, we discussed it at the start of the podcast about the fact that they've only lost two games now since early November. And it, it feels like maybe they're just something's changed in the last couple of months where Reading are actually like a reasonably good side. Um, and we're actually, you know, we look positive. It, it, we've got the form table. If you look at it since the international break in November, we're, you know, we're top 10 side. We're, pushing for the playoffs there um yes we've obviously had one game less than other teams because of the abandonment but it's we we do seem to be a good side we're not just gonna throw away games we do concede bad goals admittedly at points but we do also have enough inners to actually still win games and still get pick up points no i completely agree and i think you know ultimately we're we're a league one team league one teams are going to concede some bad goals eventually um and i think you've you've almost got to take 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 this move with rough kind of on that side of things because it's not going to be a perfect team you're not going to have you know 46 games where you're not going to concede a bad goal um but i am starting to get slightly more belief i'm not going into every game just thinking can we get a draw you know just don't don't give away these silly goals you know we know we're going to concede lots because also especially in the last few weeks one thing that we were doing earlier in the season um was conceding quite a few big chances. We're not actually conceding that many big chances in in the last few weeks. You know, we've played some good teams in in, in the last few weeks. I mean, limiting I mean, Derby to the Wigan game. Wigan game is yeah. a prime example, right? I yeah. mean, how many big chances did Wigan have? They had one really a kind of open header, and their goal came from 20, 20 something yards. Yeah, um, and, and, and you compare that to the chances that we we had in that game. We probably had two, if not three, really good chances where, again, we could have scored. You know, again, and I remember we started talking about this back when we played Oxford, you know, and there was a lot of complaints about, about that game and kind of everything. But there's a lot of these games, like, we aren't we aren't being hammered. You know, we, we, we aren't really under the caution. It was the one frustrating thing for in, in that Wigan game for me because it, it always feels like that, when we were never that well, we've never really been that team in Wigan's position where we've kind of been under the cosh and yet we've still won. Um, yeah, what the only one maybe being Cheltenham, but obviously that that, that was a draw. Um, I think we touched on it. At, at, at I mean, we're just, we're just the opposite team, though, aren't we? We're, yeah. we're the opposite team in the sense of like we don't, I don't think we play well under the cosh, but we do play well when you know we're forced to attack. And when yeah. we're forced to attack and forced to actually play forwards, actually we mm -hmm. do look like a good side. And and all of a sudden, it feels like we're actually asserting dominance on games as well. Um, yeah. Over these like you know last six, seven, eight weeks, it feels like we're asserting dominance on games. It's not we're not just waiting for teams to to do something against us um, a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Which is you know it's credit to you know Sellers and the, and the squad because they they. They've massively improved from where they were at the end of October and, oh, and kind I, of like I think that that shouldn't October. be understated. The improvement really shouldn't be understated because, like you say, when you look at where they were and almost even confident confidence wise, when you look at, I'd, I'd almost say you know back back to Charlton or even it, it, even post. Well, you could pretty much go back to, to Shrewsbury because I mean they they looked 
dead on their feet after that Shrewsbury game, giving giving up the lead in in, in the ninetieth minute. The improvement has been so drastic. You know, they 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 they've gone from a team that you know the other team wasn't playing well, but we've not been brilliant either. We're not really created to actually looking like like they can get something from the game. You know, it was like like kind of when 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 I messaged you at half time yesterday, it was like I it's just become a bit of like you know well that's just reading you know where 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 you know it's been a low quality game and you know maybe not too many chances and yet we still lose but but i think i i do think things are starting to turn um on on that side of things i think there's more belief certainly with the players i think the players have a lot more confidence you know they're playing with a lot more freedom um the season's a big big almost you know example of that but i think makaro as well because the one thing we've always known that he can do is run but he's adding a little bit more we can still get a lot more out of Makaru and he can still do a lot more to improve. And especially with his end product, his decision-making, but you're seeing him affect a game much more, which is really nice to see as well on, on, on the left. Like I say, he's not just running. He is doing more and obviously, you know, got the goal yesterday, which was really key and really well taken. And then, yeah, I mean, second half, we discussed, uh, you know, Makaru and, and we didn't, take the lead straight away in the second half but it didn't take long i think the goal came what 60 50 55 minutes or so it didn't take long yeah, for us yeah, to get was, that goal mm. the, 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 honestly i feel like the game was it we discussed the tempo but it, even the second half it just started so quickly um and we ended up taking the lead yeah 10 minutes into the second half with we've got uh aziz having the having the initial attempt which hits the hits the bottom of the post bounces out and Makaru's first to respond to it and it really was kind of the complete opposite of the year on shop in the in the first half where no Reading player responded to it this time Makaru's kind of first on his feet and and actually I think he's done really well to get to this because watching the replay I feel like the the um Derby player Barkhausen uh, really should get there because he's he the ball is kind of coming straight at him but he just doesn't respond quick enough Makari just gets in front of him to, to finish and he finishes really well with the goal as well um it's it's a decent finish given it's not it's not a tap and it's not two three yards out I mean yes the goalkeeper is out of position but it's it's still um it's not a simple finish for him so it's it was a good goal and you know it was a great celebration run off to the corner flag somersaulted ended up in he ended up on his ass which was quite funny um don't know if that was intentional or not but yeah it was a yeah, that was a really good moment to to actually have you know a second shot hit the post, but actually someone responds quickly. It was flipping fantastic, wasn't it? I think <laughs> um, credit to Paul Mann for that for for that one. He he, he made that gig. I've just completely stolen it from uh, from our chat. But um, but yeah, you know, and and I think the one thing that was really nice as well from Akari was actually his turn in the build up. You know, when when the ball came in, actually from 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 the throw, his first his first thought was to was to turn his man, take the ball forward, and he played a really nice pass out to Aziz. Aziz is brilliantly um, on the left. He's he's getting so much better um at this, you know, kind of almost jockeying, jockeying his man when it when he's going forward. And he's having shots on his right foot. And it was a really good shot actually on his right foot. He was really unlucky not not to score, you know, it was almost like six months ago we didn't even know if his right foot existed. But he's getting more confidence on it now and he's taking more shots. He's taking more risks, which is really good to see. The improvement on that side of his game has been fantastic. But Makari, you've got to give a lot of credit 
for for this goal um you know because that that finish it's coming out to him really fast um he's got um uh, number seven Barkhausen right there Barkhausen probably should get it as well because he's close to the ball when it comes out his alertness first off his alertness to actually get there is brilliant and also the composure to not to not lean back you know we've talked about Makari not being the best with his with his end product his quality you might have maybe expected him to, you know, slice it, sky it, lean back a bit and, you know, fluff the chance. But he's taken it really, really well, you know, and he's connected with it almost, you know, perfectly. I mean, the speed it goes in, at, it's like a rocket into in, in into the net. Yes, into all but an open goal. But, you know, he's 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 taken it fantastically. And um, the, the celebration to match, you've got to love a little somersault celebration. And uh, shout out to Harvey Nibs as well with the celebration because he tried to do a little cartwheel as well. And bless him, it was utterly fantastic. It was worse than Makaru's, but I love him for it. If you haven't watched the highlight, you can just see him do it um, as, as as everyone celebrated with Makaru. But the players just have this little kind of fun aspect to them at the moment. It, it looks like, you know, that they're, they're enjoying themselves out there and given what they've had to endure this season, especially recently with all the news reports, et cetera, and, you know, everything going on the training ground, et cetera. It's just really nice to see that. One thing that you mentioned there was about Aziz on his right foot and the fact that we didn't really think he had much of a right foot a couple of months ago. He's a really good, like, both, both footed. Is that the right term? Double he certainly developed into it. Yeah. Double footed. You yeah. can use both feet though. Cause obviously in the first half, he had the shot from outside yeah. the area, which was sort of mm-hmm. straight at the keeper, but, he hit that with some power on his left foot. Um, and it's very rare that you kind of get a player who can do things with both feet to a reasonably good ability, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most players are kind of like dominant footed right or left, obviously. And then you see players who, who don't really have much of the other foot. But Aziz is sort of one of those rare players who actually can use both feet to a reasonably good level. Well, cert- certainly of late, like like say, because six months ago, you'd almost be be closing your eyes and just walking away if he was on his right foot because you knew nothing was coming from it. And I think so much of that is confidence, right? You know, we, we might be harping on about it, but, you know, the the change in Aziz this season is just fantastic. And it, he really is a real threat going forwards. He's turning into a really good winger. Like I say, the way he's running at running at players, yes, he has the odd thing where, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't control it properly, but again, he's a league one player. That's going to happen. Um, you take into account where he is in his career. He's still very young. He's developing, I think, into a really good kind of league one, league one winger. And the fact he's, he's got the confidence now to go on both feet makes him a real threat. Um, Long may it continue, really, with disease. Um, because yeah, I thought you know, kind of all round yesterday, I thought it was really good, and it was another kind of good game, really, to put against disease this 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 season, and kind of his his turnaround. We'll say. Does he does he claim an assist for last night if it comes off the post? Don't know how That's that works. A good point. I yeah, not, um, not sure on that one. We'll give it to. Uh, him. I'll we'll look that one up him. after. I think the um, I mean, there's that there's. I know this game obviously still had like 30 minutes to go. There's not a whole amount we can discuss in terms of highlights from the game, but it'll be good, to, I think, to pick out some players from, from last night, certainly, who, who played well. I think Nibs, again, kind of shows how hard he works yesterday. That was one yeah. thing which I really took away from the, the second half in particular. The amount of times that he intercepted the derbies passing out from the back, especially when it was going out to like their uh, left winger or left wing back. 
Nibs Nibs must have intercepted that ball three or four times yesterday at least. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he offers he offers a, an awful lot in terms of just winning the ball back high up the field and and moving the ball on quickly. Um, you know, I don't think he's necessarily the most technically gifted, talented player we've ever had, but the amount of work that he puts in kind of makes up for it. Really, I think he's he you know he he really doesn't stop running. Um, and I, it does it does genuinely, I think, give the crowd something to get behind when he wins the ball like that and he wins the ball high up the field because people, you know, people do respond to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was there was multiple instances where it wasn't just intercepting passes, but his his hassling on on the back of a play. You know, there was a few times when it was going out left, and again in that first half, Makaru, Smith, Nibs, and Wing did a very very good job of of pressing. It was probably one of the best nights of pressing i think we've we've seen from this running team it just it all seemed coordinated smith wasn't just doing it on his own he was getting back up from from you know his his midfield line behind him um and it was really effective because again it was forcing you know we said it already kind of say it was forcing issues it was forcing problems um so i guess you know even though smith didn't score last night smith can get a lot of credit from that because often he's the one that leads that and kind of commands that that press but Nibs, I think it was probably again one, probably one of his best games. I think probably since you know, oh well, I say since Exeter. We've only played a couple of games since Exeter, right? It seems a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he can be frustrating, Nibs. You know, I think we all, we we'll know that. Um, but when he's but pressing, for me, it's, like it's he was, more it's more a case of the the frustrations they do get outweighed. You yeah. know, by the positive sides the of positives. what he's doing on the no, field no. as well. Completely um, agree. It, 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 his 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 contribution to the team is is definitely noticeable. Um, and you know, I, I feel like if you you can't, he's not going to be somebody you can easily replace if he wasn't available uh, at this point because he his contribution isn't necessarily. You know, I'm going to score. I know he's actually scored quite a few goals, but his contribution isn't a case of I'm going to have five shots a game and. You know, create two more chances, but what he does enables that for other players, um, which I think is really important. Another player who had a good game last night, which definitely we sh we can't miss, is Tom Holmes, because yeah. it, yesterday he was absolutely solid. Him and Bindon. Um I, I I'm struggling to remember Derby having a chance in the box. I know they didn't have a shot on target. I can't even remember them having, I think they had one chance in the box in the second half, which was dragged wide from, you know, 12 or 13 yards kind of to the I mean, right hand side of the penalty box. But yeah. other than that, I'm struggling to remember anything that Derby did going forwards. And, you know, credit to Tom Holmes, uh, especially Binden as well. Both of them were, you know, absolutely solid last night. And I think it would be very, very easy for somebody like Tom Holmes to have, got his transfer move, come back on loan and, and down tools and really, you know, not be too bothered. Uh, I know it's, I know he's obviously come through the academy and it's meant to mean stuff and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it'd be very easy for, for a player to have got a transfer move away, come back on loan and, and just not really be that arsed. And yesterday, you know, he was there, the one clattering into headers, making sure that he wins the ball, second balls, et cetera. And I like credit to him. I think yesterday was, you know, really top performance from Tom Holmes. No, I'd agree. You know, I didn't think he was the best at Wigan at at, at the weekend. Um, 
but yes last night was fantastic you know and there was actually a really good interview um with him that the chat from Talksport did ian ian abrahams i think it is um it's split into a couple of segments if you haven't listened to it i'd go and listen to it there was there was one half of it that was really interesting kind of just he opened up about the frustrations of kind of you know reading fc it's not just been that this year it's been multiple years I still kind of don't think he probably wanted to leave from, from from that interview and kind of his reception after the game as well that he kind of spoke about. I think his heart still kind of is 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 in Reading F Reading FC. You know, he's 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 a local lad at the end of the day. He's you know been with us since what he was seven eight years old. Um, but yesterday was kind of you know a game where where you can kind of understand where he's got you know you know a, a move to a higher club from. It was really commanding. the The really good thing with it as well was his communication, um, and how he was kind of commanding. He wasn't obviously captain last night. That was obviously a year until he came off. But Tom Holmes was really controlling that back line, and I think it really helped Binden because again, Binden's been another one that's been a bit shaky. But Binden last night as well for for how good Tom Holmes was. He looks, Binden Binden looks better playing alongside Holmes than he does alongside Abby, which maybe is oh, not surprising. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, he 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 looks a lot less. I don't know if panicky is the right word, but he just looks a lot more composed um, sure. playing alongside Holmes, and he doesn't yeah. look like he's. I, I think he gets caught out less alongside Holmes. He definitely gets caught out of position less. Yeah, well, I think one of the nice things as well about last night's performance was you've never really seen his physicality, and I guess that's to be expected given he's only eighteen or nearly nineteen. You know, you're not going to be the physical presence like you're going to be even at you know 22 23 you're going to be a bit you know shaky on that side of things but yesterday you really saw him go go shoulder to shoulder with with Collins when he was on the pitch that that their number 9 and he really imposed himself which is what you want of of your center back and if he can keep doing that and kind of keep growing on that side of things because we know he's good on the ball you know we know he's quite intelligent on that side of things he makes a few mistakes cuz i almost think he's a bit too composed on the ball or he thinks he's a bit too comfortable in certain situations but where we really want him to see him improve, I think now is is that physical presence, which it will take time. Given you know he's still super young, but it was a really it was really nice to see kind of kind of a, a good performance from Binding because we got excited about him early in the season, didn't we? You know, having this eighteen year old that we never thought was going to really play for the first team came in, really took everyone by surprise. Again, went off the boil kind of in that late October November period. And even when he's kind of played of late, it's always been a bit shaky. But last night it was it was a complete performance. So I think yeah, you you got to give 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 props to to you know both well him for his perseverance on that side of things, but but to Holmes for his kind of his management of that situation. You know, because again, Holmes is what twenty three himself, still a young player. You know, there's there's a lot of future for for, for Tom Holmes. You know, I think, um, and it's sad that you know it's probably not going to be long term at Reading FC. But like say the the focus and kind of commitment he's shown to get that move to Luton, come back, put in a performance like that last night, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that because he was really, really good. I mean, I do think this is this is part of the inevitability of being a League One side as well, is that you are going to lose your yeah. best player. Well, your you know, your most talented players or your players with the most, you know, potential. You are going to lose them. And well, we well, we're gonna have to because like one well, we, we we've not situation. sold players for years, have we? So yeah. you know, in the situation we're in, granted, it's not great that we're losing Tom Holmes or Nelson Abbey. However, if they were sold for a reasonable, in inverted commas, value, 
it would be difficult for anybody to complain given that Abby has six months left of his current deal and Holmes has 18 months left. It, it's like it's frustrating, but also it's sort of like, well, this is just the reality of League One. You do lose your best players in summer or you might lose, you know, your better players in, in winter to teams who are above you in the pyramid. It's it's just sort of inevitable. Um, it's more the obviously the the situation that we're in when we're fighting at the bottom of the table, you don't want to lose these players to to other sides. Well, it's, that, it's, um, it's that and the value they've been sold from, right? And we know that we're not going to be able to replace exactly, them. Because, it's the value as well, right? Yeah, because in a normal situation, we'd, you know, replace, you know, Holmes and Abbey with at least probably one centre-back, right? You know, you'd go out in the market, you'd either get a loan for six months or, you know, you'd try and pick, pick someone up for a, for, a, for a fee. We can't do that. And we, I think well, we Sellers has kind of indicated that the, the club are trying to bring in somebody but whether that happens or not, like we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's only going to be so many options out there and realistically it's going to have to be a loan. So it's, do, does any loan really come in and, you know, suddenly dominate the dominate the first team and, and actually put themselves in that starting 11 straight away? I don't know. It's, it's going to be very difficult to find someone who's available who's going to do that. So really you're bringing in a squad player and then it's like well is it worth it for the money and there's a lot of questions around that obviously um the end of the game matt the the one thing that i noticed kind of maybe you know in the last five ten minutes of the game was the crowd really uh for the first time in a few months backed sellers in a loud way and people have people have definitely seemed to have swung their opinion background on sellers now from you know originally really supporting sellers to begin with and then obviously a lot of people went off sellers um wanted the club to move on and then find a different manager and it feels like people have kind of come back round on sellers again over the last i don't know three or four weeks um especially mm. people have people have kind of recognized the fact that you know two losses and 11 on the pitch you know he's proven himself to be a decent speaker in the media in terms of you know what's going on with the club is he isn't bullshitting the fans realistically i think i think he's giving a mm-hmm. you know an honest account of what's going on and you know i think people appreciate that um the team seem to be playing for him and i think ultimately i think the fans are beginning now to have recognized that and, and seem to be backing him again I think a lot of the, um, I guess you could say maybe some of the some, some of the radicals previously have maybe been moderated um, a little bit um, around it. I think a lot of it has just come from, I think, understandably, a lot of fans obviously was really frustrated in that kind of end of September, October, start of November period because there was a lot of mistakes happening, but there was a lot of, I guess, external factors that fans weren't maybe, you know, um, aware of at that situation that only really started breaking at a later point. Sellers is stuck by it. He's been very honest. He's changed things. He's adapted and he's also improved. And I think a lot of people are almost a bit sympathetic with the situation with him, with, with him around, um, you know, because when you look at the job he's, he's doing, it's, like, we've probably said it before, but it, it, it's, if not one of the hardest, or if not the hardest, one of the hardest jobs that probably any manager has had to do in probably in world football for a number of years, because you look at 
everything that the team is having to it battle. It sounds really hyperbolic when you say it like that, but genuinely, I think it's got to be up there. Like in the sense of you, you can't bring any players in. You're basically you're fighting against your own boss in terms of yeah. doing a good job. Yeah, your 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 staff's been decimated. Your training ground is being just cut bare. You know, you can't even do the simple necessities of feed your players. I mean. If you weren't a Reading fan, you wouldn't believe half the circumstances that he's having to having to put up with. And yet he's stuck by the team. He's stuck by the fans and he's trying to do the best for all involved. You know, I think there's a lot of I think a lot of people may still think that, you know, he shouldn't have got the job in the first place. He should have been sacked in October. If we weren't in our situation, he would have been sacked. But I think a lot of people have at least now got the respect for sellers that I think he probably deserves well not probably I think he does deserve because the situations he's having to battle are just like I say you wouldn't believe and it was a real nice kind of show at the end of the game um for him I mean there was a lot of vocal support for sellers during the game as well and I think you felt it at Port Vale as well I know there was only 16 um 16 minutes but the very start of that game Sellers' Barmy Army rang out for the first time in quite some time. Um, and it was a really nice kind of moment for that to happen. So I think you kind of felt fans were getting back on side with him and having that kind of bit of respect and maybe sympathy for him at that point. But look, you know, the one thing I don't think anyone can kind of um, detract from Sellers is his, is his work ethic and kind of positivity towards towards his 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 team and his boys as he says you know this, the, this is his team opposite isn't it from last season oh it's chalk and cheese you know like i mean last year you had you know paul Ince bloody coming out and saying that you know his players aren't good enough you know we're not good enough to compete you know the players aren't up to it etc you know all but doing a troy Deeney without singling out individual players so this year with with, with sellers you know i guess some people don't always want to see the manager putting an arm around the players and want, you know, a bit of, a bit more of an honesty, but I think he's kind of been fair people with one of the comments. People want blood and thunder when you lose, right? That's the thing. People want to exactly. hear, people want to hear that you, you criticise the players, but ultimately like in most normal situations, that just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. And you, you know, your manager actually looks after the players and takes yeah. the flack and that's, that's kind of how it works. So uh, yeah, I think Sellers is doing, you know, a decent job. He's not doing a, a fantastic, perfect job, but I think he's, you know, he deserves the support of the fan base, and um, mm. and realistically, I think if he keeps us up this season, it's, you know, beyond a good job yeah. by him. What what um, what, and... what I would what I would say though as well, just quickly, is that people might say that other managers would do a better job. I don't think you can really say that any manager could be doing a better job in the situation because the situation is so unprecedented at Reading FC. I don't think anyone can really know what other managers could do. In this situation it's so unique it's so mind-bogglingly crazy you know i think sellers is kind of doing the best best job really that he could kind of be doing in the circumstance yes he had a very wobbly start and kind of you know mid-period but you look at the way the team's playing in the last in the last couple of months it's the you can really see a development in the team and that's and I mean, I the, the one the, the one thing that we discussed, Eric and I, on the way out last night was yes, we're four points inside the relegation zone at the minute. You remove the deductions, yeah, we'd be on thirty points and we'd be in seventeenth or sixteenth or something like that. Joint joint on points with like five other teams, but 
even if you could just remove one or two of those five or six games that we've thrown away points in the last last minute, um, you know, we'd be sitting in mid-table at this point. We're not a long way away from being a mid-table side in terms of on the field. So, yeah, it was a it was a good night, um, it, it, all things told. And I think it was the only other thing we should probably mention is the return of return of Tom McIntyre. I think it was his first mm-hmm. game back into the yeah. first team since his injury earlier in the season. I think he's obviously had one game at Brighton away from home, but this is his first kind of league appearance. And it, I think he came yeah. on. If, I'm not quite sure whether we went to five at the back or whether he filled in at left back and Mola pushed forwards at the end. It was a bit kind of like mix and match for those last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, or even if he was playing centre defensive midfield and dropped into the back. Yeah, but I think formation aside or wherever he played at, at the end of the side... It's just really nice to have Tom McIntyre back in the team, isn't it? You know, it's a it's it's another body we've talked about. You know, the fact that you know Holmes and Abbey has left, he could be crucial coming back at. It's another back experienced just, body as well, isn't it? Which you know, we say experience. He's what twenty four. <laughs> yeah, well, experience in the sense of a lot of games, yes. Yeah. But we're not just throwing yeah. in a player who's you know seventeen or eighteen with ten minutes worth yeah. of experience in one league cup game at some point. No, it's, it's it's really nice to have have him back and have him in and around the team as an option, you know, off the bench or, you know, rotation with, with Binden or potentially Holmes at left back if we need it. He's one of those players that can really be a utility player kind of across the pitch. So, you know, really good to see him back because it was kind of, it seemed to be dragging a bit his injury. He seemed to be in and around the team since, or training since like Christmas. But I know Seller said there was a run of games, couldn't fully train, you know, and get into the philosophy, etc. But him coming back is going to be going to be crucial, I think. And um, yeah, it was just it was a nice way to kind of kind of cap off the game. And I mean, the atmosphere at the, the end was just fantastic. You know, it was a really nice way to way to finish finish the game yesterday with the celebration with the players, with the staff, and um, yeah, hopefully they can press on from here. I will say, by the way, I don't know who it was. Someone kicked a ball into Club 1871 at game. Joel Pereira. It, he, he loves a bit with the crowd, doesn't he? He, um, I, I do, I do hope that ball got found because we can't afford to be kicking away footballs here at Reading. Like we need to be, uh, need to be looking after those a bit better. Can't, can't afford thirteen quid for a ball. Not, not. No, I don't think we can. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we've got another home game on Saturday, obviously against uh, against Leighton Orient, who are actually in really good form. They're but very good I feel them. like we can beat anybody at the minute, especially at home. So, you know, we're never going to write it off, certainly. Matt, you're going to be recording, I think, with a with an Orient podcast at some point in the next couple of days. Scheduled we'll for be, tomorrow afternoon. We'll have the, have the podcast out tomorrow early evening, I would imagine. So you'll be able to get your preview in on that. And we'll be back on Sunday with the review of the game against Orient at the weekend as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast do drop us five stars on itunes or apple podcasts or whatever people call it nowadays uh, and spotify really appreciate it always helps us with uh, rankings and more people listening and that's kind of what we like to see and until tomorrow or sunday depending on when you next listen to us we will speak to you then up the ding <laughs>